Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I think I'm a well-rounded guy. It depends on who's guarding me. If I see a slower big, I can get to the basket. And if I see a smaller guard, I can shoot over the top of him. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, hey, it's 2018, New Year, same cap space dream, we've got a bad team, we're losing steam. Alan, do you have any more eem words that I can rhyme with? <laughs> uh, um, can I get a coffee with no cream? 
because that's how the Lakers are playing. Coffee with no cream, everybody. Kind of feels like a bad dream. Yep, kind of feels like a bad dream. There we go. So, yes, it's a new year, 2018. But for the Lakers and their fans, it kind of just feels like we're still in some weird waiting room purgatory, at least till the trade deadline comes and goes, and at least till Lonzo Ball comes back, which should be soon. Kind of like a bad meme. Kind of like a bad meme, exactly. So yeah, it's a tough time right now, but we're here in this episode to get away from all that clutter and white noise and bring you something cool that you can listen to anytime, uh, because we have a special guest on today. His name is Junius Smith. He used to write for the Kinston Free Press. He has a lot of knowledge about covering Brandon Ingram during his time with the Kinston Vikings in high school, and he's since covered him in Duke and in the NBA as well. So we're glad to have him on to give us that unique perspective on Brandon Ingram's roots. Um, but before we get to that, Alan, Happy New Year. Happy New Year too, bro. Thank you. I know I'm reaching back a little further here in order to pull this icebreaker question out of my butt, but since it's been a while since we've had a Ooh. show <laughs> and we've been on a bit of a hiatus, I thought I'd ask you for Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, belated. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What was your favorite Christmas present this past year? Just as an icebreaker to get us back into the flow of things. Oh man. So my, my mom bought me a lot of my favorite Japanese snacks. Mm. Um, they're called senbe. That's S E N B E I. They're just all basically like rice crackers, but they're kind of like different flavors. And I swear my mom bought like 10 bags of like different types and they're all my favorite and they all make me feel like I'm a kid again when like my great grandmother used to give them to me. So I pretty much expect to get that every year from my mom as a Christmas gift. And, um, I was not disappointed. I am still working on all of those goodies and getting really fat because of it, which is totally fine. But yeah, man, that was my favorite. Mmm, oishi, right? Oishi desu ne! That means very delicious. Yeah, there you go. Oishi. Um, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of, if anybody knows, uh, the show called Terrace House. It's a Japanese reality show on Netflix. Well, well, it's now on Netflix, and it's been adapted for the States, but that's where I've been learning my Japanese. So, yeah. Uh, that means very good. Oishi. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, my, my favorite Christmas present this past year was... A humidifier. Oh, snap. But my humidifier, it, it came with a couple extra buttons that I have no idea what to do with or what their functions even are. So it looks a little more... Press them all. Yeah, it looks a little more high-tech, almost like a space device. Um, so I have a cooler, more futuristic humidifier. But all I know is that it helps with better air quality in my room, helps with my overall breathing, and helps with having less boogie cousins in the morning. So... That is why nice, I like that. humidifier is my best Christmas present. Very, very practical gift. And I guess it shows my age because I'm like, humidifier. Very adult. Ooh, oishi. <laughs> I don't think that works for that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, we're here. It's a new year. Uh, the Lakers legacy is back. And hopefully we're doing a good thing here with our first show back. Well, I can't even speak. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I might as well be speaking Japanese right now. Um, but I hope people enjoy that our first episode back from this bit of a hiatus is with a special guest since we haven't really had an official guest for this uh, newest Lakers season. But um, So I know there's a ton of things going on in Lakers land right now from 
right before Lonzo Ball went down with his injury, he was pretty much turning in to a 45%, 40% from three kind of player, averaging 15, 7, and 7 for about two weeks before he went down, to Kyle Kuzma experiencing his first extended rough patch, to some Lakers locker room turmoil regarding the business side of basketball and trade speculation, the Lakers saying that they would love to trade Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson if the opportunity presented itself. And with that, the weird handling of Julius Randle's minutes um, and the team meeting that happened to air things out and air some grievances out. All that stuff is happening. But like I said, this episode is here to get through that clutter, give you guys a break. From We're going to talk about none of that. We're going to talk about none of that. Obviously, we will get into that as the trade deadline approaches in future episodes because it's going to be more and more prevalent subject. And just to remind you guys, the trade deadline this year is earlier. It actually happens before All-Star Weekend. It happens on February 8th. So that is pretty much just a month away. So, That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, buckle up. We're going to talk about it enough in the coming weeks. So we thought we'd give you guys a break to start the new year off with this very special guest episode with Junius Smith. So yeah, we'll get into all that crazy Lakers news and game recaps and whatnot in our future episodes. But for tonight, like I said, it's going to be more of an evergreen episode, which you can listen to anytime. And we'll be talking to Junius Smith of formerly the Kinston Free Press. He's working on a new project called the Flourish Post, I believe. And he's had a primary focus on prep athletics in Eastern North Carolina, which has allowed him to cover Brandon Ingram for much of his youth. So yeah, we'll get into that. Before we do, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us, uh, that's how many more times KCP will look like he's going to force a bad shot, but instead he'll just pump fake and make the right pass to the open player, and we'll get a better shot out of that. So <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say, that's how many more times he's going to throw it off the shot clock. Oh, no, that's exactly We want the reverse of that. That's how many times he'll stop doing stuff like that, the Kobe, <laughs> throw it off the Kobe! shot clock. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, we'll revise it to that. So the more you rate interview us. Come off a, come off a screen, swing my legs around, and shoot an ill-advised three, Kobe. No, 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 no. It's a new year, my friend. <laughs> But yeah, so the more you rate interview us on iTunes, the less times we'll see KCP do Kobe Bryant-related type stuff. <laughs> um, speaking of rating interviews, we haven't done this in a while, but it is a new year, so I figured we would have head coach Luke Walton back on to read a new review for us for the new year. So, Coach Luke, take it away. All right, thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate that. All right, this one says, great show. It's five stars by... On a ginger level, I'm going to guess you've got some red hair like my dad, Bill. Hopefully your t-shirts aren't as small as his, though. <laughs> he writes, whenever my lit tank is running low, I fill it back up at the Lakers Legacy Podcast. I like what you did there, ginger. <laughs> so the reason I paused was because my phone screen went to sleep oh, i thought it was for dramatic effect like luke waltzon would do but... well it became dramatic so i'm glad that worked out well all right thank you on a ginger level for providing us with that review we don't have any new reviews for 2018 so far so if you could please work on that that we would be much appreciated and we'll get back into reading those awesome and funny reviews of yours do it for kcp yeah you don't know me <laughs> um <laughs> One last thing, Patreon.com is another way to support us. Patreon.com slash The Lakers Legacy Podcast. If you just donate a dollar per month, that would be awesome. If you just donate 
a dollar one time. That would be great as well. Anything helps at this point. So uh, with that said, we will turn it over now to our interview with Junius Smith. And yeah, I mean, Alan, I guess you can give a teaser. What, what did you think of our interview with him? And what do you think the, the audience will get out of it? I really enjoyed it. Um, it seems like he got to know Brandon extremely well. And like he got to just witness his character. And um, I, I think as Laker fans, like we kind of know these things about Brandon in, in a vague way, but just to hear someone who's close to the situation speak so glowingly of Brandon just ties it up very nicely. And I mean, for me, just hearing him say all this makes me think three, four years into the future what Brandon is going to become. So I know with all the hype this year about Lonzo and Kuzma and, you know, all of that is like well-deserved and appropriate and makes sense. Uh, in a way, it's like Brandon's flying under the radar in his second year. And um, it it got me even more excited, you know, than I already was. So hopefully you guys all enjoy it as much as we did. Yeah, and Brandon Ingram has become one of our franchise centerpieces and cornerstones. He struggled a little bit recently, but we've definitely seen some progressive strides and you can't really knock a six point turnaround from one year to the next you know from nine points to 15 points and he's only going to get better I'm sure as the season progresses and we get into the all-star break as he showed last year and I think Junius is our interview with Junius really sheds light on just his breeding ground uh, where he's from why he plays the way that he plays, why he handles himself the way that he does. And, you know, it, it just going beyond the basketball side of things, it's really cool to see just how much he's carrying on his shoulders beyond just, I want to be a better basketball player. You know, it, it gives us a lot more insight and context to all that. And I think we come out of it, you know, I think appreciating Brandon Ingram even more and knowing him a little bit more as well. So hope you guys enjoy. And on the turnaround, you will hear our interview with Junior Smith. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. This is a long link. You got uh, a, leader, a leader on the court. Uh, very unselfish player. Can shoot a long ball, shoot mid-range, and get to the basket. All right, so we are proud and privileged to have on Junius Smith of the Kinston Free Press with us tonight. Um, his primary focus on prep athletics in Eastern North Carolina has allowed him to cover none other than our very own Brandon Ingram, and we're happy to get his insight on everything Ingram-related and Kinston-related as well, and just to get a unique perspective on Brandon Ingram's roots. So before we start, Junius, well, first off, thanks for joining us tonight. Before we start on the Brandon Ingram stuff, can you just tell us a little bit about your career, um, your connection to Brandon Ingram, and where people can find your work social media-wise and all that? Certainly, no problem. And I do regret to inform you that I no longer work with the Kinston Free Press. Gotcha. Okay, thank you for correcting me there. <laughs> all right, no problem. I'm a former sports editor of the Kinston Free Press. Um, I've lived in Kinston for the past four years. And ironically, I... Before I even knew where Kinston was on the map, I had actually uh, covered a game that Brandon had played when I was on when I was doing 
uh, freelance work with the Fayetteville Observer in my hometown of Fayetteville, North Carolina. Cool. So what are you, what are you doing now um, in terms of work? And if people want to, I guess, follow you on social media or whatnot, where can they go? All right. Well, I have created something. Um, I call it the Flourish Post, and it it's online at theflourishpost.com. Basically, what I'm doing is just trying to put more of a focus on sports in eastern North Carolina. Currently, I hope to expand it to more of a state and national level down the road. Also do more entertainment work. Currently, that, that's what I'm doing, but I do have about 10 years of journalism experience. So I'm stemming back from 2007. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Junius.Smith. Um, my name is spelled J-U-N-I-O-U-S dot Smith. And then on Twitter, it's the same as my name, Junius Smith, and then three eyes. Awesome. Cool. Okay. So I, I guess we can get right into it with regards to Brandon Ingram. I know you mentioned that even before you started covering him, you caught a game of his, but how long does your professional relationship and coverage of Brandon Ingram span? And can you give us some context into Kinston, North Carolina, because you didn't even know about it before you started doing press work for that town. Can you give us an idea of what kind of town and city it is and what the culture and environment was like for Ingram growing up so we can just get a better understanding of uh, where, he, where he laid down his basketball roots, so to say? Certainly. Before I start talking about Brandon, just a little bit of a background as far as Kinston, North Carolina. It's a very small town, about 21,000. It was actually about 35,000 in the 1980s. And one of the biggest things, like tobacco was a big boom. And then they have, um, what they call the magic mile on, on Queen Street, which was definitely something huge for, for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the numbers dropped to about 29,000 in 1999. And then when Hurricane Floyd hit, it decimated a large part of the community. And that's where you see such a decrease in, in population. But one thing that Kinston has always had is basketball. If you come into Kinston, they actually have this big, um, this marble statue that says City of Champions as you drive into Kinston. Mm. This is a city that had, at one point in time, actually had six state championships in eight years. Mm. Of course, Brandon was a big part of that, winning titles in 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2015. As him and one of his teammates, Darnell Dunn, were the only players in North Carolina history to win a state title in all four years. Wow. So, Kinston has always been big on basketball. We have seven players in the area that have actually, well, like I said, they came from Kinston and played in, in the NBA. Some of the more notable ones, um, besides Brandon, uh, you have Reggie Bullock, who is currently with the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Jerry Stackhouse, who um, Brandon looks at as a mentor who um, carved out an 18-year career. Right. Former 1981 Finals MVP Cedric Cornbread Maxwell, he's from Kinston. Uh, the late Charles Shackelford, uh, Mitchell Wiggins, who, of course, um, he's probably more known for, as the father of current Timberwolves star Andrew Wiggins, but he also played a prominent role on those Houston Rockets teams in the 1980s. Awesome. So um, with regards to your coverage of Brandon Ingram, when did it start, and I guess how long did it, that coverage span? Well, it started in 2013, about three months before I even moved to Kinston. I was still stringing with the Fayetteville Observer at the time, and it was during one of the one of the regional tournaments. Basically, what it was like, um, as far as North Carolina and the state playoffs, the first four rounds would be played at at whoever the higher seed was. Technically, the state semifinals, like they would play it at a neutral place in in Fayetteville. I remember I was covering this team, Fairmont. And I'm looking at Kinston's roster because I had never seen Kinston before. I had never heard of Kinston before. And I'm just scrolling down the list, and 
they've got all of these players that I will later learn about. Um, Josh Dawson, uh, Denzel Keys, and they had the heights and weights listed and everything. And I look and I see six seven, one hundred forty pound sophomore Brandon Ingram, and I'm just looking it's like, man, he's not that much bigger than I am. <laughs> but you could tell that he had some star power in him. I think he had 18 points in that game. You know, I had the opportunity to kind of to kind of interview him and everything. When I moved to Kinston, I wasn't a sports editor. I was actually a government writer, but I would go out to a few of the games and everything because my my boss on Brian Hanks, he was actually the um, the PA the PA guy. So mm. I would go check out a, a game or two and everything. Had a pretty good relationship with the sports editor at the time. And his junior year, what stuck out the most. I think I watched his home opener, and he put on about 30, 35 pounds during the summer, you know, just trying to trying to develop. And at the time, I was like, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like, you know, he spent all this time trying to bulk up, and his conditioning wasn't where it was. And then I look at his at the stat sheet. It's like, he had 28 points, 15 rebounds, 7 blocks. You know what? I'm going to shut him and just watch this. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Um, so Alan, Alan has some questions about, I guess, just Ingram's personality as a player that he'd like to ask. So I'll pitch it over to Alan for a sec. Sweet. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, Brandon seems like he kind of has a reputation, uh, for being a quieter type guy, kind of underspoken, quiet leader on the court. Um, doesn't make a ton of noise, but he knows when to say the right things to help out his teammates stick together, um, which you don't typically see in younger players. Would you say that he had a similar similar reputation as a junior um, player in high school? Without question, especially his junior and senior year, where a lot of a lot of kids would have kind of succumbed to the pressure and everything, would have felt like they were more than than what they were, even if they they had that elite talent. But Brandon, he was always somebody who wanted to get his teammates involved. He was somebody who always spoke we instead of I whenever we had conversations or whenever the media, the local media would talk to him. And I remember one conversation that I had with one of his former teammates on Jeremiah Papa Fields, where he would just say, you know, Brandon was just somebody who would try to get me involved all the time. Like even when he could have gone for maybe 40 or 50 points that night, he was happier to see his teammates being able to to score and to flourish. So that's just really that was just really a testament to who Brandon was and who Brandon is as a person. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, as you know, Laker fans who are observing from kind of afar, I think we can all get a sense of his uh, selflessness, and he definitely seems to have an idea of what the bigger picture is all about. So the fact that he was demonstrating that at such a young age is is really awesome to hear. Um, so I had another question. Um, could you talk generally about Brandon's development through high school? I know you touched on it already, but, um, you know, we know as a young player, he wasn't necessarily highly recruited, um, out of high school, but at what point was there like a shift? Um, do you think it was clear before he started getting recognition that there was something special about him? I started looking in archives a little bit and I think it was his sophomore season uh, the coach from NC State took came out to Kenston and took a look at him. But things didn't really explode until maybe his junior year and definitely his senior year when you had guys such as um Roy Williams from the um, Carolina basketball coach, um uh, Mike Krzyzewski, the Duke coach, and there was even one one coach on um, Bill Self from Kansas that actually flew out to come see him. Uh, John Calipari from 
from Kentucky. I mean, and it also helped that he that he played in um the high school OT Invitational, well the high school OT.com Invitational, which is now the um, the John Walhada Invitational. Uh, what that tournament is, it's a Christmas tournament that showcases some of the best talent up and down the East Coast. And this year, like I like I was an assistant media director with the tournament, and we've had we had um teams such as um University from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that had um Vernon Carey Jr., who's the I think the number one and the number two junior in um in the nation currently. Uh, you had Julian Newman from Downey Christian, who's very highly touted as as a sophomore. Uh, Kyrie Walker from Hillcrest in Phoenix, Arizona. So I mean, like, there's always a lot of talent that comes in through that tournament. Uh, Kirsten played in it this year, along with another local school on um, Green Central. So I mean, it's a great opportunity for for kids to really showcase their skills. I had the opportunity to to talk to both Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky out there at that tournament. It's basically just um just in passing because you know they came out to to watch certain players. But just having a little bit of that um of that exposure, and plus knowing the history that Kinston provides, like that that kind of helped as far as like Brandon's recruiting. Besides the fact that she that he's also immensely talented. So I guess to follow up on Alan's question, you said that it all started off his junior. I'm looking at his stats right now, and I think his sophomore year, you know, he was uh, averaging 12 points, four rebounds, 1.5 assists, 1.3 steals, 1.6 blocks per game, and then his junior year that jumped to 20. 10, 1.5, 1, and then 2.5 blocks. So that's where he really made his leap into his senior year where he averaged 24 points, 10 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.6 steals, and 3 blocks. So I guess for you, what would you attribute that shift in him towards? Is it just like a combination of both mentally embracing that leadership role as well as his body sort of filling out a little bit more? Or was the talent always there and it was just more the body that needed to come along with him? It was a little bit of both. I mean, he definitely needed to to gain some weight. But another thing, as far as the sophomore year is concerned, you have a lot of guys like, like I said um earlier, Josh, Joshua Dawson, um Denzel Keys, Angelo Keys. Like you have you have players that came in and were seniors and had led the team to um, titles before. So it was almost like a hierarchy setting. It's like Brandon kind of had to wait his turn a little bit. Plus, because of the fact that he is unselfish, he understands, you know, that there are other players, particularly um some of the upperclassmen that that came out and were very good, very great in their own rights. I mean, for example, Joshua Dawson, he actually set the assist record at um at Fayetteville State recently. So I mean, they don't have any slouches here at Kinston High School. Gotcha, understood. So he definitely earned his keep rising up the ranks here. So I guess with that said. How would you describe his style of play back then in high school? Was Obviously, we know he wasn't dominant from the get-go, but could you give us a quick snapshot of, I guess, some of your most memorable Ingram in high school moments, like a quick highlight reel of sorts that you remember that have stuck out in your mind, whether it was a play or like a favorite game where you were just like, okay, this guy could really be something. And I guess physically, were you there for his growth spurt? I mean, he was pretty scrawny coming out of high school, but I'm assuming he was even scrawnier as a sophomore and whatnot, so. I mean, like I told you from the, from the beginning, like, when I first saw him, he was 6'7", 140. So, <laughs> that, that just lets you know right off top. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm not a big person myself. Like, I'm 6'1", 145, so I mean, like, for me to say somebody is skinny, like, that's saying something. But I'm going to say, like, his senior year, he got up to about um 6'8", 6'9", 175, 180, around that t- around that frame. 
So I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not not much bigger than he is now, but he was just always smooth. Like he just but he was more toward toward team efforts, but there was one game in particular where he just said, you know what, this is a statement game that I've got to make. I've got to take over. It was after a tough game against Goldsboro, and it was so crowded that I was meaty and I couldn't even get in. They wound up losing the game by about one or two points. And soon after the game, he tweeted in the gym. So I was just thinking, you know what, the next game, I better not miss it because something is going to happen. And the next game was against um was against rival South and North, and Brandon wound up scoring some forty something points in that game. And I think they had a running clock at at halftime. And in North Carolina, like the running clock, it happens if a team goes goes up by forty points or more after halftime, then they just they just have a running clock. He exploded. I think he had thirty something in the first half, forty something in the game, and the next two games, Chester had running clocks. Like after that Goldsboro game, I think they lost <laughs> another game and won the state title. So, is there one highlight real play of Brandon's that you, that you remember? Whether it's like a poster jam or like a crossover move or something like that that he pulled off um, that was next level sort of next level sort of move. Yeah, it, it was a poster jam. Um, I think it occurred like his senior year. The only reason why I'm not going to say the name of the school or the person because I'm cool with that person and sure. I remember talk talking to him. Uh, la- last year, because he he actually um went on to play baseball at um at a college, and he said, you know what, that's probably going to be my the one thing that people remember me for the most, getting dunked <laughs> on by Brandon Ingram. So <laughs> that's awesome. Sweet. There's no shame in that though. I mean, that means he's playing defense, right? <laughs> um. All right. Cool. So I got another question. Um. And you mentioned Jerry Stackhouse earlier, also coming from Kinston. Um. You know, Brandon's been pretty vocal about his relationship with Jerry Stackhouse, and uh, he's credited credited him with a lot. Um. With regards to his development as a basketball player. Um. Can you talk about their relationship? Just what you've seen and what Brandon has told you. Brandon definitely looks up to Jerry. And I mean, like a lot of the kids look up to Jerry because he's he's one of the, the ones that that have made it, have have put together a very very solid NBA career. And it's like Jerry pretty much implemented the blue. I'll never forget when when Brandon was selected by the Lakers, I'm um, second in the 2016 NBA draft. You know, it was a blessing for me to actually go there and everything. But just a few days later, Brandon and Jerry are working out at Kenston High School. With several other kids, like in the area that, like I remember, I'm Orlando Paris, Chris Woods, um, Kinston's, um, Damian Dunn. So I mean, you had you had several kids that were working out with Brandon and and Jerry, and Jerry was just giving all kinds of advice, like going through the drills and what they did. Now keep in mind, this is July in North Carolina, which is ridiculously mm-hmm. hot. They turned the they turned the AC off at Kinston High School. Wow. So that gym was about I don't know about like. 105, 110 degrees. Shoot. And they are really going at it, like as far as drills, as far as conditioning, as far as, you know, just making sure that, that everybody's doing the right thing. And then they have the three on three and everything. It was, it was just a beautiful sight to see, but Jerry is very hands on in the community. Like he, he's not somebody that does it, you know, for, for the credit or the recognition. He does it because he cares about, about his, his hometown and, what these guys are doing and how they can develop to the next level. So Brandon definitely takes that, he applies it, and he just continues to work on his game. 
That's awesome. So can you uh, elaborate a little bit more on, because we, we as Lakers fans, we've, we've heard all about, you know, Brandon Ingram's work ethic, and that's been a big part of why he's made pretty solid jump in his second year here. And just from that story you described, it seems like he's so honed in and focused on basketball by whatever means possible. Even at, right after getting drafted by the Lakers, you'd think people like someone like that would, you know, kind of relish in the moment, but it, he just wanted to get right back to work. So do you think that's one of the main reasons why he's been able to succeed despite of his lanky frame all throughout his career? And if you could just expound a little bit more on w- what you've seen from this guy's work ethic. I mean, without question, he, he has said it time and time again. He's like, I know that people are going to look at me and think that, that I'm slight, I might be weak, but that is definitely not the case. So, I mean, he's somebody that, that looks at all angles. He's somebody that spends endless hours working on his game and everything. So, I mean, Lakers fans have absolutely nothing to worry about as far as Brandon Ingram is concerned. Like, as far as, as far as his work ethic, it's second to none. Like, there's a phrase that we have out here that's, that's Kent, it's called um, Kinston's Tough. And when people say that, like when anybody gets somebody from Kinston, particularly out here in the state of North Carolina, they know that they're going to get somebody that's driven. They know that they're going to get somebody that's hardworking. They're going to get somebody that has the qualities of a leader. And mm-hmm. even though Brandon may not be that vocal of an individual, he's somebody that that is definitely going to get out there, give you 100%. And make sure that he's doing everything that he can to not only do his part for the Lakers, but also to represent his hometown. Because, like I said, there is a legacy out here in Kinston. Like, it may be something that people don't understand. You may not know where it is on the map. Because, I mean, like like I said, four years ago, I had no idea where Kinston was on the map. But (laughs) this city is here. This city has created something. And Brandon is just a... The newest chapter in in his great book. I think that's something that all Lakers fans are probably loving to hear right now, especially after Kobe Bryant. Someone as relentless as as Kobe, who'd wake up at three in the morning to go running and start his training. It's it's awesome to hear a young player like Brandon Ingram for that work ethic to already be so ingrained and a part of him because of Kinston is is really awesome to hear. And we've seen it in the NBA, and you can tell me if this is representative of Kinston. I'm sure it is from what you described, but I'll have you confirm. But Anytime any of his players have gotten into any scrums with other players, Brandon's like the first one to get off the bench and he's ready to come in there and defend his teammates. You know, is that pretty representative of the grit and toughness that Kinston's all about? Absolutely. And you had actually um, mentioned something about like, um, you know, Brandon being the first guy since since um, Kobe Bryant was tired to be drafted. And if you remember, like he now like he had on um, Kobe Bryant's old locker. Mm hmm. Going back into the conversation, like Brandon said, hey, listen, I, I know that there's going to be pressure on me, but I welcome it. I'm ready for it. And again, like the grit and particularly, like you said, him being one of the first people to, um, to get off the bench or, you know, be right there in the middle of, of a scrum. I mean, that, that's just representative of Kinston. Like Kinston defends Kinston. Kinston is going to make sure that, that their people are going to be fine. Mm, that's awesome. Um, so I guess we can transition pretty easily into the NBA and into the pros. Obviously, he went into Duke and you covered him during that time as well. But I think what stood out to me was you wrote a short congratulatory piece for the Kinston Press when you were working there entitled A Letter to Brandon Ingram right before he was drafted by the Lakers. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the impression Ingram left on you while you covered him in Kinston and a little bit more about what he means to the town and city of Kinston? 
I guess, can you also talk about the transition from, you know, Ingram coming from this extremely small town to only one year of college where it was a pretty nurturing environment at Duke? And how hard a personal life transition do you think he had moving into one of the biggest, busiest cities in the world, considering his small town roots? Well, see, you actually had, there were actually a couple of positive things that, that happened, like as far as that transition, because at the time you had on Quentin Copels who played for the for the Los Angeles Rams. So, I mean, he had somebody that was right there in the city if he if he needed that assistance. Of course, Jerry Sackhouse has been grooming him over the years, just trying to trying to prepare him, not not just physically for the NBA, but also just kind of dealing with what animals that the, that the NBA will provide, like as far as travel, as far as, you know, living in a, in a big city and things of that nature. So as far as that transition goes, I didn't have any, I didn't think it was going to be a problem because again, the fact that Brandon has been so driven, I knew that there wasn't going to be any issue as far as him slacking off on his game. I mean, he's probably going to have his fun. I mean, come on, he's he's a kid. What do you expect? But I knew that his biggest thing was, I'm here in the NBA. I want to put on for the city, and I'm going to do my part. Nice, yeah. Um, so that actually leads into the next question. Um, so as far as like lifestyle, you said you know it's not going to be a problem for him because he is such a hard worker. And uh, you know, if we look at Brandon's rookie year, you know, I think most people will look at it at least prior to the all-star break and say, you know, it was kind of rough for him. And I mean, anyone's going to expect that to happen um, as a rookie, but what were your impressions and uh, just what was kind of running through your mind as you watched him adjust to the NBA um, and not to continue to harp on this point, but especially given, um, you know, his stature, his frame and his size. One thing that I knew going in, I knew to borrow a phrase from the Sixers, trust the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lakers were a very young team last year, but I knew that he was going to have two very, very good people to to talk to and really um, lean on at the time. Um, Luau Dang, who has been a, a grizzled veteran, and of course, um, Meta World Peace, or Ron Artest, Panda's friend. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> when the Hornets, when the Hornets um, uh, played the Lakers, and I was blessed to actually make my way out there to Charlotte and have the opportunity to to talk to Brandon and um and Meta, and particularly it was a close game and toward the end, uh, Brandon wasn't in like in the in the last few seconds and you could see on the bench he was physically upset and Meta World Peace actually um talked to him and everything and just let him know listen your time is going to come so I mean I know that he he was learning from from some. Some great veterans, and again, with the work ethic, I I hate really harping on it again, but I mean, like, that's just who he is. Like, again, I I wasn't worried about him when he when he made his transition, and if you're a Lakers fan, don't worry about him either. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I mean, if you look at just post All Star break last year, all of a sudden he looked like a completely different player. And we look at him this year, just in his second year, just turned 20, and he's already doubled his points per game, and he's so much more aggressive. And I know Jonathan says this all the time. He looks like a running back, you know, as he's driving through the lane. So um I know, obviously, we're pulling for him, and we all tend to be impatient. But in such a short amount of time, like when we look back on his first two years, we're going to be like, wow, we're kind of silly, <laughs> you know, to be worried in the months of November and December. That's so ridiculous, because... 
it's already all paying off. So it totally seems like the sky's the limit for the next, you know, one to two years for this guy. And one thing that I, that I appreciate about your description of Brandon Ingram's journey thus far is just the focus on mentorship and his value, putting so much value on that. You know, I think a lot of young players don't put enough emphasis on, you know, making sure that they have the right mentors over them to help, help them throughout their career. And it seems like that's been a consistent theme of Brandon Ingram's. And I really like that he's latched on to the right people and that he's made a concerted and intentional effort to be properly tutored, you know? So I think that's that's an aspect that I think sometimes may go overlooked and unnoticed. But I think like you've been saying, I mean, it's paying dividends now when we're seeing that, even though it's such an intangible thing, right? Mentorship. But as you get older, you realize, man, it's you get so much value from that. And having guys like Jerry Stackhouse to the Rams player and other sports athletes who are in Kinston and, and the guys that, you know, Brandon Ingram reached out to, I think that just helps put everything into place and mold him into an even better player, um, just even outside of just on-court basketball stuff. Um, so with that said, talking about his second year, you know, his rookie year, he only averaged nine points, four rebounds, two assists on 40% shooting and 29% from three-point land. Um, the second half of the, his rookie year was obviously a lot better than that. He averaged around like 13 points, five rebounds, two assists on much better shooting, like 45% from the field and about 33% from three. And he's only gotten even better from there. And his second se- second season, his sophomore season with the Lakers, we've seen those strides. They've been inconsistent at times, but we've definitely seen more flashes from Ingram. And you, it's hard to deny because he made a seven point jump. Right now, he's averaging about or about or six points actually. He's averaging about fifteen points, five point four rebounds, three point three assists, one steal, one block on forty four percent shooting from the field and thirty one percent from three. Now, given his steady and solid rise this sophomore season. Um, I guess, what have you seen from Brandon in his second year, and what would you attribute his rise to? I guess, what particular, particularly have you seen him improve the most on, and what would you still like to see him round into form in terms of actual basketball skill and on-court play? I think like his attitude, again, is just trying to make everybody else better, and sometimes he can kind of he can be a little more reserved. So his aggression has definitely been a welcoming sight. I would like to see him get a little more aggressive. His shooting is definitely getting better. I mean, he was he was always a strong shooter in, in high school. So just having having more confidence in the shot. But overall, the more aggressive that he gets, the better off he, he is going to be. And you guys are seeing the dividends right now. Um, Yeah, I was wondering, you know, a lot of this for you because you've covered him and you, you know him as a person. It's like, you know, just like you said, trust the process. Everything's going to work out. But has there been anything that has surprised you about Brandon's journey and uh, career arc thus far? Not really. I mean, he comes from a great support system. I mean, the city of Kenston loves him. He's got two great parents. And like we said earlier, I mean, just on um, the mentors that he has, he, he takes everything in. Like he, He's listening. He, he's paying attention. Like, there's a big difference between just... um. Somebody's just hearing something, it goes one ear out through the other, and listening, and he definitely does the latter. I think the one thing, I think really the only thing that I could probably think of that, that surprised me is just like, after his final um, high school game, the man had zero tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was looking, at, when, I, when I saw him um, last year at the, at the game, I was like, 
Hey man, you got way more tattoos than I do. I gotta step my game up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when you know you've made it big, I guess. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for that insight, Alan. I don't know if you have any additional questions that you may have for Junius that you want to throw out before we. Um, actually, I did just think of one. You know, you mentioned how he's got two great parents, and we've seen them interviewed before on like the Laker Channel out here and things like that. Could, if you know anything, um, about his relationship with his mom and his dad, and like I, I believe his father is a police officer. Um, could you talk about what his relationship is like with his parents? Well, like I said, the relationship is very good. Like, um, Brandon's father actually, um, he he worked with um. Kent- I believe you. He worked with um Kinston and Parson Rec. Like matter of fact, the the court that that has been dedicated to Brandon Ingram recently in Kinston was his old his old court on um, Teaches Memorial, and his father used to, um used to work out there. So like his father is definitely in the spotlight. The mom's a little more reserved. Like she kind of wants to stay away from it. But like I said, the relationship that Brandon has with his parents is is still wonderful to this day. They're two phenomenal people and i'm glad that i've that i've had the opportunity to to meet them and and talk to them awesome that's great so i have one last question and it goes back to i guess more of brandon ingram's style of play i guess can you take us through your initial impressions of brandon from high school to college to the nba in terms of did you ever when he was playing and you saw him did you ever have nba comps for him i know these are faulty hinging yourself on these nba comps but i, I we all do it so I, I wanted to ask you and just get your impression on what you think his ceiling is um so like in high school when you saw him play did you ever think oh his his game kind of reminds me of this player and then did your did that sort of evolve? And then once he got to Duke, you're like, no, he reminds me of this player. And then now seeing him in the NBA, do you have like a sort of, not even, it doesn't even have to be a comp, but like a, a mold, NBA mold type of player for Brandon Ingram that, that you've thought about? I mean, for the first game that, that I ever watched him, I wasn't thinking NBA. I wasn't thinking anything. I was just like, let me just go ahead and write this story and go home. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did make a pretty solid impression on me. I think um, one of his teammates, um, Joshua Dawson, because I interviewed Brandon, um, Joshua Dawson, and uh, Mikhail Hart at the time, I believe. So, I mean, Joshua probably made a bigger impression on me at the time. And then when I moved to Kinston and, and everybody was talking about Brandon and I finally had the opportunity to watch him. Again, like I said, I wasn't that impressed the first game. But then when I saw the numbers, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let him go. And he progressively got better and better and better to where senior year came. I was... I was just like, you know what? He is going to do some damage in the NBA. I can see it. Now everybody wants to put in put him in with Kevin Durant and everything. And while you could kind of see it a little bit, I feel like Kevin Kevin is, is the smoothest shooter. Like when Brandon if Brandon's able to get that confidence in a the shot, then you'll probably hear that a lot more in the coming years. I can't really think of a player that, besides um Kevin Durant, that I that would throw him in there with. Maybe Stacey Ogman. Mm, interesting. Cool. So do you do you think um eventually if 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 Brandon Ingram continues to shore up his shot and his playmaking and his defense, do you see him as an All Star caliber type of NBA player? Without question. I mean, he's in a perfect position right now. You know, he, he's with the young team that's still developing, and the Lakers. I mean. This is a team that's never that's never down for for long. So I mean, given it about a year or two, 
I could really see him make a serious leap because, again, the, the man can't legally drink yet. So I mean, <laughs> you have to you have to give him a little a little bit of time. But he's developing wonderful. I mean, for him to be only twenty years old, I feel like he he's got a very long and very productive career ahead of him. And being an all-star definitely would not be far-fetched. Those are words to live by for Lakers fans with regards to Brandon Ingram. And we are looking forward to legally being able to drink Brandon Ingram and 200 plus pound Brandon Ingram as well, because he can only get better from here. And that, that that's an exciting thing for all of us to picture. So Junius, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your time and just giving us an awesome extended look at Kinston and also how that plays into Brandon Ingram and who he is as a player on and off the court. So thank you for joining us. And if you want to plug your Twitter or anything else, once again, go ahead and do so all right no problem my twitter is junior smith the third on j-u-n-i-o-u-s smith and then three eyes and then you can check my content out at the flourishpost.com awesome thank you so much junius have a good night all right you too thank you thank you This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.